podcast. I'm Allison Little, a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur who has built businesses and brands for the past decade. I'm passionate about helping high achievers launch to the next level. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Launch Podcast with Allison Little. Today's episode is called Go to the Next Level with Kirsten Curtis. Kirsten has reached executive ranks in her early 30s, become CEO in her mid-30s, and started board work in her late 30s. She just founded her own firm called Omega Partner Solutions, which she'll talk a little bit more about today. And I am just grateful to have her today. We're going to talk about really getting to that next level, especially for women. We need more women in executive roles. Let's be honest here. And so that's what we're going to dig in today with Kirsten of what are the decisions she's made? What are the things that she's learned in that process? What is the networking that it takes in order to get to those different levels? What is the mindset around that, right? Because we, we need to see more women in leadership. And I know that Kirsten is one of those people that's an expert in really helping us get there. So hello, Kirsten. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Allison. I am so happy to be here. Absolutely. So grateful for your time and energy today and just kind of sharing your expertise. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure, Allison. I'd I'd love to. Um, So in in addition, I know we're going to be digging into the career and some of the choices I've made, but I think it's important, you know, to talk about myself not only in my career aspect, but also what I like to do outside of my career. Um, so about me, I'm an athlete. I am a two-time national karate champion and um, a junior Olympic medalist as well. I enjoy skiing, hiking, traveling, and uh, I'm actually getting married this weekend. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. How fun. I'm sure you have so much on your mind right now, but that's awesome. Okay. So Kirsten, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about today is really just the decisions you've made to get to that level of executive. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. uh, Happy to. I think there's three key things that I have done that enabled me to get to the executive ranks. And the first one is getting a broad level of experience. And so I, I, you know, my first job out of college was in sales. I was a traveling salesman. Um, I then went into operations and within operations, even I did planning and buying and master scheduling and supply chain management. And I, I had just this really broad foundational experience. And that really, really helped me as I I went up in my career because I I understood how the organization and different facets of an organization and functional areas work together. So that's kind of the first thing that I did. The second thing is that I worked really hard. Like there's no shortcut or getting around it. I put in very long hours. I worked extremely hard. And the third thing that I did which I, I feel like is really important for women, especially, but but for anyone, is to take. I, I took some risks, some big risks, and I'm happy to get more into that. But so broad range of experience, uh, working really hard, and taking risks, I would say, are the three things that I've done that enabled me to get to where I am today. That's awesome. I love that, and you know, I think that's important for us to think about. In you know, when we're choosing a degree or choosing a career, a lot of times we think that we need to be so narrowly focused in, right? And it sounds like you have the opposite kind of observation, and and I do as well. Actually, as you said that, I was thinking to myself of just the broad range of things that I've done in my life and how it's all led me to where I am today. And so, uh, let's talk a little bit more about that when. 
you know, let's say we have somebody who's listening that's maybe thinking about what they're going to do. Did you just start looking for different jobs in different areas or how did that kind of evolve for you? Oh my gosh. I had no clue what I wanted to do when I graduated from college. Absolutely no clue. And frankly, like I envy the people who do, uh, but, mm-hmm. but it, I was not one of those people. And so I tried uh, several different things. As I mentioned, I started off as a traveling salesman. I then became an account manager at a consulting firm. And I thought I wanted to become an Italian professor because I, I, I felt all this tremendous pressure to have to know what I want to do. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in my mid twenties now. I got to figure this thing out. And I, I'm like, well, I love speaking Italian and I, I should just become an Italian professor. Uh, thank goodness that didn't happen. But uh, I, I wound up getting some email from MIT asking if I had ever considered a degree in supply chain. And at the time, I didn't even know what a supply chain was. But I thought, you know what, Ugh, let me just apply it, this, you know, who knows, I probably won't even get in. And, and I applied and I got in and all of a sudden that set me down the road of supply chain management. So I think it's perfectly okay to not know what you want to do. I think it's also okay to make shifts. I did supply chain for about 10 or 15 years, and then I got into finance mm-hmm. and worked in private equity and venture capital. Again, when I was younger, I felt just tremendous pressure to have to know what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And, and you know, looking back now, it's like, gosh, why did I think that? <laughs> you know, so I would encourage any listeners, you know, who feel that like, no, you don't have to know and it's okay to change. Absolutely. That's so good. It's okay to change. To the other thing that, that in terms of breadth that I wanted to mention, early on in my career, I felt, again, tremendous pressure to just work my way up the ladder. I was so focused on how do I get to that next level, whether it be a manager or a senior manager or director level, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a vice president tell me, no, 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 Kirsten, you don't want to go up. You want to go out. And at the time I was like, no, I, I want to go up. Like, you don't get it. I, up is where I want to go. But I'm so glad he said that. And I, I did get a, a broad foundation, you know, of experience. And, and that, that has just helped tremendously. So again, for, for anybody listening to this who is just so focused on that upward mobility, um, I would say look out because that actually helps you move up faster and makes you a better leader when, when you do get to the top levels. And by out, you mean getting that broad range of experience, mm-hmm. correct? Okay. Awesome. I sure do. Yep. Absolutely. Because that's going to give you a different perspective and, and all of those different experiences you can bring into that next level of um, that executive type role, right? Exactly. And then the other thing that you said that I thought was very interesting is just the risks. So let's talk uh, about that because I, you know, I know that I am, and, and I've shared this many times on the podcast, but I'm a recovering perfectionist. And so taking risks when I started in my career and building businesses was kind of hard for me. How were you able to kind of get into that mindset that taking a risk is okay and, and feeling confident enough in yourself to do that? Well, I think it's, it's hard for anybody. Risks are never easy because you, you have to be okay to, for the rejection. Um, mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I did, and I did this with a friend and you know, it was a great exercise. I encourage everyone to do it is uh, we had a little contest that said we had to get 10 rejections a month. And every time we got a rejection, we would celebrate it because like, you know, we were each trying to get 10 rejections. And what was so amazing was how many times I thought I would get rejected and I didn't. And I think that's like a great lesson. Um, So I can give you an example of a risk I took. Um, I just joined this fund. We had acquired a company, the company needed new leadership. And I said, well, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring to be the CEO. 
I hadn't so much as been in the same room as a CEO up until that point, right? So this was like, I had zero skills qualifications for the top job, but yeah, I threw my hat in the ring and I was fully expecting a rejection. And the board said, great, you're our new CEO. So like, oh, I love it. Yeah. And it wow. was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that, you know? So that, that was like one of the biggest risks I took. And, and it would have been so easy to, you know, just tell myself, well, I'm not qualified for this. I'll just mm. you know, not do it. But instead, because I had this little contest going with my friend, it was like, oh, oh this is for sure going to be one of my 10 rejections. And it wasn't. Let's stop there for a second, because I think that that is a really key part. You know, I think there's uh, some sort of statistic. I don't have the numbers exactly, but there's a statistic out there that if a woman has only a, a portion of qualifications for a position, she won't apply, but a man will will apply. So let's mm-hmm. talk about that. I mean, you you didn't feel like you were qualified, but obviously the board saw something in you and said that you were. So let's talk about how do we as women see ourselves in that top role or see ourselves as qualified for doing that thing? Again, from my own experience, I didn't see myself as qualified, right? I was trying to get one of my rejections for the silly contest I was doing. Um, So so I think it's not so much how do you see yourself as qualified because I I don't have an answer on how to do that. I, I see it more as putting yourself out there and forcing yourself to do these things that make you uncomfortable. Mm. Because that, you know, getting, getting rid of that discomfort, I don't know how to do that, but getting comfortable with the discomfort is something that, you know, I've had to force myself to do. And, I, and it's, it's been really uh, beneficial for me. Um, and there's been several other examples of when I've done the same thing and it's, it's worked out really well. So good. Such a great lesson too. And I think that it's something that we could all apply in our lives is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and stepping outside our comfort zone on a regular basis. And, and I, and I think the other thing that I really appreciate about your journey is really the fact that you had someone you were, you were accountable with to do the rejections. Yes. Yes. And it's, you know, it's, it's just feels because rejection is hard. It's hard, like no getting around it, you know? And so when you have that support group and someone, you know, there and you're, you're, you're both helping each other be like, oh, you're celebrating the rejection because it means you're pushing yourself. It, you know, it makes it a lot more palatable. It was great to have that accountability buddy. And yeah, there were certain months where I couldn't get my 10. Like I would ask guys out. And I'm like, oh, there's no way this guy's going out with me. And now, sure enough, now we're going out on a date, right? So it was, um, it was, it was really, really interesting to see what happens when you don't limit yourself. So what is your main passion or purpose in life, Kirsten? I'm actually passionate about a lot of different things. One of them is, is really helping women in business. And that's why I do podcasts like this, right? To, to mm-hmm. really, um, yeah, share. And I volunteer with a lot of different organizations and I mentor. And, and so that's, that's one where, as you mentioned earlier on this podcast, we need to figure out how to get more women into the top job. And, and I want to be a part in, of, of helping make that happen. And then just personally, I love speaking foreign languages. So I actually, one of my superpowers is, uh, is speaking languages. I speak seven and I, um, it's been really interesting actually, because it's not as good now because I'm older. When I was younger, I could pick up a language, like picking up a hat. And that helped me a lot in my career because I would get dropped into these companies and each company has their own, you know, kind of lingo and their own acronyms. And I was able to pick that up really quickly and start, start talking to people like, you know, using the the same kind of words, um, essentially using the company language and it helped build trust very quickly. Speaking languages is something that I, that I love doing. 
And, yeah. and then the third thing is just being outside and in nature. I love that. Yeah. Being outside is there's something really healing about it. And it's something that I've been talking about more frequently, just kind of with the community that I converse with, just because I think that uh, it's something we forget to do sometimes, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're in front of the Zoom, we're doing the things and I'll be like, just go outside, like go out in nature, yes. do something yes. because I have to remind myself of that. And it's interesting because some of the best ideas, some of the problems that I'm dealing with get solved out in nature. They don't get solved sitting in front of the Zoom. They do get solved while I'm out on, on that hike or yes. in nature, right? Exactly. And stepping away and giving yourself some time to think. Mm-hmm. Sure, exactly. absolutely. You know, I we've been talking the entire time about things that you've done to launch it in your life, right? But are there two other things that you would say specifically um, you've done in your life to launch to the next level? Well, I mean, one, you know, like I did not do this alone, right? So let's be really clear about that. Um, the only way I got to where I am today is through the help and support of others. And so having a really good network, I would say, is, is one other thing that, that's helped me to get to where I am today. And, and network, you know, in a few different senses of the word, I am still in touch with bosses from 10, 15 years ago and colleagues from 10, 15 years ago. And I think that that has been extremely helpful. Um, I'll give you an example. I, you know, I'm I'm right now an interim COO for a company and they were having a shortage with uh, PCBA boards. And it's like, oh, I know a guy who can help with this. I worked with him 20 years ago. Let me just call him up. And, you know, got his number, called him. He's like, Kirsten, haven't heard from you in a while. Like, it's so great. And yeah, of course I'll help you. And, And it just makes it so much easier when you have these connections that you can call on when you need help. And then when I think about some of the board work I'm doing, that is very much about network. And that's, that's also like putting time in, getting to know people, having them get to know me, um, showing them what I'm capable of. And, and then I get, start getting those phone calls like, Hey, we're putting together a board. Would you, would you be interested in this? Right. And if it weren't for that network, that would, I wouldn't have gotten those phone calls. Um, so I think that's, you know, I'll give you another example too. Um, so this is the second one. This is the second one. Okay. And it kind of tied into network. It's a recent example. I um, so I'm, I mentioned I'm the interim COO for a company, and we were looking at selling into Albertsons. And I used to work at Safeway, so I know a lot of the people. And turns out the the guy we were trying to get a hold of, and or you know, the guy, the sales guy, I was trying to get a hold of in Albertsons happens to be a guy I did a tough mutter with. And I would say early on in my career, I thought about work as no, this is work, and I, it's not for making friends. And I'm here to do a job, and then I'm going home. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that changed really when I was at Safeway, um, just due to the culture. I, I actually made some really good friendships with the people I worked with. And as I mentioned, I did a tough mutter with one guy, went to the gym with mm-hmm. another guy, took bike rides with a third person. Right. And so having those real kind of friendships um, makes it way easier. Right. So I can call up Eric and say, hey, Eric, you know, uh, we're looking at, you know, doing this thing. Would you be interested? Would you take a call? Would you meet with our sales guy? And he's like, Kirsten, oh my gosh, so great to hear from you. Absolutely. And so that, I, again, the, the, the friendships and the, and the true connections that you make not only make life more enjoyable, but also are so valuable. So I would encourage people like go to lunch and, and take a little time. It's not just about work. It's about creating relationships because that's going to help you actually mm. get the job done. I love that you said that because that's one of the things that I found early in my career as well as I was one of the people that just went to work and I had like the tasks focused and it wasn't until I had, I started to build the relationships and I thought, you know what, my job is not just to get the tasks done. It's, it's people first, right. And and put that relationship first and build that friendship and build that, 
you know, try to get to know that person as a person, right? Yes. And, and, and the ironic thing is you do that and it will help you get the task done. You know, maybe that's so right in the moment. Right. You're going to get it done so much faster. That's right. That's right. right. Yes. I, yes. yes, for sure. And that's the thing. It seems backward because you aren't really necessarily taught that. At least I wasn't. No. Nope. I was always taught about the tasks and focusing on that. And, and now, you know, as, as I've grown businesses, I've seen, you know, as we put people first, you know, everything else goes, it just kind of comes so much quicker and you're able to build something more sustainable long-term if you do that first and you put those people first. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like this is something that women are not good at doing, right? So a lot of the women I work with, like are very task focused. Mm-hmm. Whereas the men are like, Hey, let's go grab drinks. Let's go grab a beer. Right. I see them doing that a lot more. I think this is something that women in particular need to really um, focus on. And be okay with having fun. I feel like yes, <laughs> right? yes. it sounds like you had fun with, I'm like, if, if there's a way that I can create an experience where I'm going to have fun with someone, we're going to be, we're going to, you know, we're going to be connected, right? Like yes, there's just something right. beautiful about that. And then And then it's, you just never know what that's going to look like in the future. So Kirsten, I'm interested to hear, what is your favorite book? Atlas Shrugged. The reason it's my favorite book is I love Dagny Taggart. I see a little bit of myself in her and her ability to just make decisions, get things done, and just the raw confidence and capability. It's it's something I aspire to. Nice. That's awesome. So one of the things that you just said is that you like to make decisions and, you know, some of us struggle with that. So let's talk about how have you been able to kind of help make decisions quickly and to, to know what it is that you want to do to get things done. <laughs> I think for me, the, um, the experience I had turning around a company taught me how to make decisions very quickly. Hey, Um, I like that one. I've had to do uh, that too. It does make you, you have to get stuff done, don't you? You have to get stuff done. You have, (laughs) you know, 30 days of cash left on hand. You don't figure it out soon. You won't have a company left. And, you know, it, it, all of a sudden the, um, you know, some people deliberate a lot like, uh, oh, should it be this or that? Or, well, we could do this or should we do that color? You know, you don't have time for any of that. And the focus on what is essential what decisions are going to move the needle and by how much, and let me do those um, mm-hmm. was really a, a good way to, well, that, that's kind of what, what helped me make decisions quickly because I had to. Yes, absolutely. Urgency. 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 Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, you know, I will say personality wise, I may be accused of, you know, if you ask my brother, he will tell you since I was a little kid, I was bossy. Um, so I think there's, there's some personality, no, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so some of it is, is certainly personality, but others is, you know, I, and this is something that I'm working on right now, but really figuring out, you know, even in my personal life, what are those key things that really matter and, and focus on that. And cause it's easy to get kind of drown in, in the little stuff and the little decisions that actually probably aren't going to have a big influence one way or another. Absolutely. The big rocks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, Kirsten, this has been amazing. And I know that it's helped so many people. So uh, how do people get a hold of you? Yes. Um, email is the best way. So my email is Kirsten, which is K-I-R-S-T-E-N at, and then the name of my company is Omega Partner Solutions. So O-M-E-G-A-P-A-R-T-N-E-R. S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S.com. 
Wonderful. So good. Thank you so much, Kirsten, for sharing your wisdom, your insights, and your ideas of how we can help more women become the executives we know that they can become. And to all of our listeners who found this episode so amazing, make sure you share it and connect with Kirsten. Thanks again and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Launch Podcast. I'm Allison Little, and I'm so excited that you spent your time with me. Look for future episodes and connect with me on social media or at my website at www.allisonlittle.com. 